Hello, and welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast for Edgewood Church in Danville, Illinois. This week at Edgewood. All right, I'm going to go ahead and open with a, I guess not really open, I'm going to start the next segment of this morning with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you for this day. I thank you that we are here. Lord, I thank you for all that have come in this morning. Lord, I pray that the next uh, little bit of this service would still be and continue to be honoring to you. Lord, I do thank you for what Christmas is meant to represent. Lord, I pray now that you would just help us as we look at your word. God, I pray that you'd be with my words that I speak this morning would be true and accurate and represent you, Lord, uh, correctly. Pray this now in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so let me click up here. Oh, I'm going to make my wife happy. Look at all these signs. Look at those. They're so pretty. They're so pretty. Now, you seen any, anybody seen any signs like these before? Christmas time? Yeah, my house. I probably have some of my... In fact, I know I've got one on our Christmas tree. Um, now, what was the theme of all the signs that I picked this morning? Do you see the one word that showed up in all of them? Belief. What do you think it's talking about when you see those signs at Christmas time? And there's a lot of Christmas ones that say believe. What do you think it's talking about? Can be, right? We hope. What do you think usually it means? Santa Claus, right? How about this? If it doesn't mean Santa, it might mean a Christmas magic. You ever had like, oh, I just believe, right? Most people, when they see that, aren't, aren't that just the magic of Christmas? Just believe, right? My wife's getting all happy. But I want you to think about something for a second. I like, you guys like Christmas movies? Um, my wife's been on a Christmas movie binge the last week. Um, and uh, I, I want you to think for a second. We just watched this one last night. You know which one this one is? The Santa Claus, right? Um, I apologize, but my mind is very analytical. Have you ever stopped to consider what it would mean if that was real? Have you ever stopped to think about that? Now, I, hopefully, nobody in this room, can t- if you do, I'm going to be stepping on your toes a little bit. Have you really thought about what it would mean if Santa Claus was real? I mean, I've got to be honest with you. It would change my entire world. I mean, that there is this guy that's been around for, for hundreds of years that, I mean, flying reindeer, I mean, it would change what, even what I thought about science. I mean, it'd be like, how do they explain, how does he do that? That there's a secret base at the North Pole? I mean, magic? Is, is it magic? Is it science? What is it? I know some of you are looking at me like, I've never thought about this, Matt. I, I did. I, de- I tried to double check, make sure that nobody, none of the kids, I think all of the kids, are, and, and I'm fine. You know what? I've got to be honest. In fact, this ties in exactly with what I'm talking about. I think it's, if, if your kids, now I'm just going to be honest with you. My kids didn't. Um, I didn't, I've said the same joke for years. I'm going to say it one more time. I didn't want any other fat guy with a beard getting credit for what I bought for Christmas. Okay? I, want, I wanted them to know. Me. I got it. 
I, no other fat guy with a beard bought that for you or made it. There weren't real elves, right? Me, I got it. That's just me. But I want you to think about this, this believing, right? Believing in the magic of Christmas. I mean, it, I think that we've added in here, now, just think with me for a minute. This is, this is going to not make any sense unless you can enter into Matt Harmless's weird brain for just a moment, okay? And, and my thinking about what if this was all real. It, but, so I think what's happened is, because most people don't believe that. I mean, if we do, we end up looking a little bit like, uh, like this, <laughs> right? Santa's coming! I know him! Right? I mean, it, it, that might be funny. Which movie is that, by the way? No. Oh, I, see, I know you don't even act like you don't know what it is, right? I know you guys all know what this is. Elf, right? I mean, if there was an adult who continued to believe, we would see them like that. Now, when we watch that movie, it's kind of funny because we go, because in the world of that movie, it is real, isn't it? And so we, we watch it. In fact, isn't he vindicated at the end when they see him on a, a sleigh riding off? Like, oh, but, you know, they're like, it was, he wasn't crazy. And so we've, we've made this little box, I think. Just, just go with me for just a minute. I think we made this little box of belief. And I want to tell you right now, I'm fine with it. Okay? To a degree. If you've let your kids believe in saying, that's totally, that's great. It can be so fun, can't it? So enjoyable. Here they are, believing in Santa. And, and I think that most of us, even that kind of believed, we kind of knew that was... That belief was existing in this little box. Would you agree with that? Like there's this little sand. Now I know that there's probably something that's like, no, I thought it was real. I hope that nobody right now is going, wait a minute. <laughs> I still thought he was real. I hope that's not happening right now. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Okay? But I think that we've created this way. And, and like I said, I'm okay with it. It, it can be fun. It's... It's a, it's a non-life-altering believing that we can do. And it exists in this little box, okay? Just imagine this little box. We put it over in this little box. Maybe it has a Christmas bow on this particular box, right? We've compartmentalized it. And it, it, it's fine. We can believe that, and your kids can believe. And we, oh, this is kind of fun, you know, and, and all believing in the, the magic of Christmas, and we're going on and on about it. But it's, it's a non-life-altering belief. And I'm going to tell you right now, the reason why I'm talking about this it, 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 there's two parts. One part is this. I think that somehow that, that way of believing with the pretty signs and, and all that, I think that some of that has filtered over, that way of believing has filtered over to how some, not quite the same degree, but there's some that kind of believe in Jesus about the same way that a kid believes in Santa. They believe it's real for these purposes, but, but it, it's, it's non-life-altering. I personally don't understand that because my brain, I go, if there was a big guy and he was flying around with reindeer, what in the world? I mean, we need to go find this. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. But I, that's what I would, I'd be like, we've got to find this. How in the world is he? Do, can he alter time? Does he pause time so he can make it to all those houses? In one night, we've got to get this technology. But I think some have taken that way of believing. They've filtered it over. And I think there are some that believe in Jesus the same sort of way. 
They come to church. They believe in Jesus. Maybe even a little bit of that stuff, the naughty or nice, like Jesus is it's kind of weird because then he starts to turn into like this big Santa. If you're naughty, you're not, okay, I got to be not, you know, I want to be on the nice list so I can go to heaven when I die. And I'm going to tell you right now, if there's any of you in this room that are on that borderline, and as I'm talking about this, you might start going, I never really thought about it that way, but I kind of do the way a kid believes in Santa is kind of how I believe in Jesus. It's non-life-altering belief. It's fun. It's useful. It's helpful. It's good for times of, of hope or peace that I might need. But to, but to really think through that being real, I'm going to tell you right now, I believe in Jesus. Not like a kid believes in Santa. I believe he was real. I might get that excited though when he's coming. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I'll, I'll be the same way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul lays out this statement. We talked about this last week. He says this, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And here's a, a summary statement of what preaching is all about. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, that's the Apostle Peter, then to the Twelve. It goes on to describe Him appearing to 500 others at one time. I believe, and I know many of you do, this good news, that Christ was real. He was born. That's what we're celebrating this time of year. He grew up. He lived. He actually died. He was raised by God in accordance with the Scriptures. And that last statement there is Paul's way of saying, and it was witnessed, it was real, this isn't a myth, this is something that really happened. I'm telling you right now, I believe that if I could get into a time machine and travel back, we could witness those actual historical events of this man, Jesus, who was dead. Understand, they weren't confused about what it meant to be dead. They understood that back in those days. I know we have all this amazing technology, but they knew what dead was, and he was dead, and he was buried, and then he came back. And that is life-altering when you let yourself sink into that actually being true. Now, some, in Paul's day, were already questioning the reality of it. They, they were starting to believe the way kids believe in Santa. They were starting to believe in Jesus that sort of way. This is nice for these things, but it's not altering everything in my life. One of the things that began to be questioned, I think, is something that we also have an issue with today. One of the things that began be, to be questioned in Paul's day was, what happens when you die? We're going to talk about this a lot in the next couple weeks, what the Bible says about this, but what, what happens when you die? The Bible calls people who have, who have died, they, he calls them those who are asleep. And the Bible teaches that there's going to be at the la in the last days, a, a resurrection. We're not going to exist forever in this soul, like spirit, like floating around in the cloud. That, no, the Bible doesn't teach that. 
Bible teaches an actual resurrection. And the evidence of that is all rooted in Christ because He was resurrected and He's called the first fruits of our resurrection. Just like a farmer might go out and that very first ear of corn that shows up on that stalk, he might peel it open and he's going to get an idea of what the rest of these ears are going to look like. That's Jesus. The first fruits of the harvest. He's the first resurrected one. And he was resurrected to validate, to vindicate his message. But Paul says this, and this is what we're going to get into, because my mind, I love this next part, because what Paul does next is, what if it wasn't true? And he says this, now if Christ, if Christ, oh, is that the right verse? Verse 12, yeah, I'm sorry, I scrolled down too far. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Now that is a Corinthian problem, I'm going to talk about that more in a little bit. I'm going to skip on to the next verse because what I, what I want to go with is, well, if Christ then wasn't raised, what does that actually mean? There's some implications there. In fact, I think there's five problems, five implications that Paul brings up if Christ wasn't actually literally historically raised from the dead. He was dead and he was, then he was alive. Okay? More life-altering than flying reindeer. A man was dead and then he's alive. That's amazing. If that really happened... That means something. But if it didn't happen, that also means something. If it didn't really, really happen, not just magical, I just believe it for those times when I'm facing something like, no, 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 it really happened. What's that mean? What would it mean if it didn't happen? He says this, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And so that's where they were at. Well, I don't think there's a resurrection. He said, well, there's no resurrection. Then, then not even Christ has been raised because he's the first fruits. And he's going to talk about that. But listen to this implication in verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Do you guys know what the word vain means? What's the word vain mean? Empty. It literally means Empty. That's why a person who's vain, right? It's empty. If Christ has not been raised, then our pre... I'm going to tell you right now, if that did not historically happen, what I'm doing right now is pointless. It's pointless. If, he, if it didn't really happen, this is pointless. Why would I do this? Why would I get up here every Sunday and talk about this if it didn't really happen? It's empty. It's worthless. It's frankly, it's a little silly if it didn't really happen. And Paul says in the Bible the exact same thing. It's worthless. Implication number two, verse 15, we're even found, Paul says, we're even found to be misrepresenting God. Think about that. Because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it's true that the dead are not raised. See, see if the Christ wasn't really raised, and I've been getting up here every week, especially, right, we talk about Christmas, we say, why is Christmas important? What other holiday comes after this that makes Christmas so important? Easter. He was born, yes, but then he lived, and then he died, and then he was raised. That's what makes it all so important. There's been a lot of people that have been born, but there's only been one that died and came back. So you go, okay, but if that didn't really happen... And I've been up here saying that, Christ, that God did that. That's God's plan. I have been, according to Paul, and I would agree with him, I have been spending the last 10 years preaching from this pulpit, misrepresenting God. 
Because that's what I've been saying God did. If God didn't really do it, I'm misrepresenting him. That's a big implication, isn't it? This is what Paul says. Next implication. For the dead are not raised. He comes back to it again. Not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith, instead of saying vain, this time he says is futile, means it doesn't accomplish things, and you are still in your sins. I've been banking everything on forgiveness of sins on the work of Christ. The two cannot be pulled apart. The forgiveness of sins requires, because there is a just, righteous God who is judge of all the earth, there is a requirement for him to continue to be just, a requirement for payment penalty of sin. That's accomplished in the person of Jesus. He suffered on the cross taking the penalty of your sin. And he showed that it, it worked when he was raised. That's what the scriptures teach. If he wasn't really raised, your faith, believing in this whole Jesus thing, isn't doing anything, Paul says. It's not doing anything. If he wasn't really genuinely, like historically, if we could go back and look, it didn't really happen. If it's just a fun thing to believe or it's just something to help us feel better. If that's all it is, it's not accomplishing anything. And you and me, we are still guilty if Christ was not raised. That leads me to the implication number four that Paul takes us to next. And this one hits close to home for, I think, all of us in one way, shape, or form. If all those things are true, natural conclusion, then those who have fallen asleep, I love how the Bible describes those who are in Christ as fallen asleep. But Paul says, if it's not true, if Christ wasn't actually raised, then those who have fallen asleep, they're gone. Verse 19, in Christ, this, is, this ranks in my top 10 favorite verses of the Bible because it shows the realistic view that the Bible has about itself. If in Christ, us people who are believing this, hook, line, and sinker, who have bought into this, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, if it's just the magic of Jesus. It helps get me through these tough times. If that's all it is, and it didn't really happen, this real event that we're, I'm putting everything, if that's not real, then of all people, Christians, pitiful is what Paul says. And think about it. It makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if I'm putting everything, just be personal, if I'm putting everything into this, and it's not real, I'm, I'm really wasting a lot of time. You know how many times I have, on my way to church on Sunday, seen somebody on their way to the lake, and I'm, I'm just being honest with you, and been a little jealous? I mean, 
Sunday's like this whole extra day off that people have. <laughs> it's like a whole extra day off. They got, they got two weekend days. And Christians, we give up one of our weekend days to come here to, to fellowship together for a reason, because we believe something's true. But if it's not true, then honestly, you should be driving by a church going, idiots. <laughs> right? Nothing. What's wrong with those people? What a waste of time. If it's not true. You see that? If it's not true. If it's true, that changes everything. But if it's not true, this is a waste of time. So what if we got some donuts and had a little fun time together? I could have done that at a hundred other places in town. And Christians, we, we give up some stuff too, don't we? Anybody in here, a Christian, you've given, there's some stuff you said, I, I've walked away from those, those things. As a Christian, now I know some of you are you're going to, I'm going to say this and some of you are going to go, nope, not me. Okay, you're better than I am. But if some of you thought about some of those things you've given up and every once in a while thought to yourself, man, that was kind of fun. I've kind of missed that. <laughs> Anybody ever had that? I know not all of you. Some of you are going to go, no, that was miserable. I hated all of it. And I, I'm not interested. But some of you, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people. There's aspects of that. Just living for yourself. In fact, Paul goes later on in this chapter and he says, if none of this is true, then he uses a Corinthian quote. He says, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Let's just do, I mean, that's a Corinthian quote. We still have it today. Paul quotes it from the Corinthians. And he's basing it. I mean, if it's not true, then go have fun. How about those times? What about Herb and Janet Hunter? Giving up their home. Traveling halfway across the world just to share a message. If it's not true, what a colossal waste of time. If it's not true, what a colossal waste of money. We just gathered up $1,121, is that what I said? Something like that? And there's all kinds of things we could have done with that. Right here. But we're supporting this message being, being sent across the globe. Why? Because we believe it's real. It's true. In fact, Paul says next, in fact, but in that word that's translated in fact right there in the Greek, it's like right now is what it means. So some versions even say, but now. Right in the present reality. Christ has been raised from the dead. And then he gives us the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, this, this passage goes on more. Chapter 15 does not end here, so there's more that we have to talk about, but I just wanted today to think through what it means when you say, believe. What does it mean when the Bible talks about believing in this message? In fact, if it's true, let's undo those implications. Let's walk back through those implications because logically speaking, with this type of statement, well, if Christ didn't really raise from the dead, that means these things. And Paul just went through five implications. But if he did, you can logically say, well, then we can go the other direction. So let me just go back through those just very quickly. If Christ really did die and then was raised by God as a true historical event in reality. Our preaching, the, meaning the message, not just the act, but the actual message, the content, is now full. It's not empty. It's not vain. It's full of meaning. And your faith, full. It's not empty. It's real. There's substance to it. Your faith 
has value if this is true. If this is true, number two, we are representing God accurately. People who are saying different things about God are misrepresenting God. But if this is the truth and this is what we're saying, then we are representing God accurately. Definitely a camp I want to fall into. I do not want to get to the end and find out I've been misrepresenting God this whole time. Number three, we have been forgiven of our sins. I can be confident if it's true, and I believe it is. I believe Christ died for our sins in accordance with scriptures and was raised by God to validate all that he's done for us. So we have been forgiven of our sins and our, preach, our preaching accomplishes that process. In fact, that's what I'm hoping for today. I'm hoping that if you came in here today and you're like, yeah, it's Christmas time probably, but you know, church thing and the Santa thing for the kids, me, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I've outgrown Santa, so I'm going to do the, the, the Jesus thing a little bit more. So when I believe, I believe in that, right? If you're kind of headed that direction, but it's not life-altering. Honestly, that's what I want to do today. I want to alter your life. I want to say, this is real. Think about it for a minute. There was one person in all of history who came and said, I'm here uh, as God in the flesh. I'm going to live perfectly. And he, then he did it. And then he was killed. And then to show that he's taking the penalty for our mistakes, our sins, our, our shortcomings, to show he's taking the penalty for those things, he was raised up again. That really happened. People that saw it said, changes everything. They spent the rest of their lives telling everybody about that event. I'm here today to say, our preach, this preaching, I hope, accomplishes that in your heart. Number four, we have hope. Talk about this more next week. We have hope for truly seeing those who have gone. Let your mind think about that for a minute. I'm going to tell you what we're going to look at next week. The Bible teaches resurrection, not spirit world. It teaches a true resurrection that those who are in Christ who have believed this and put their faith in this, there will be one day, the Bible says, a resurrection. There's going to be, a, everything's going to be made new. But it's going to be real. Just, I mean, just real. Real. Jesus, when he was resurrected, one of my favorite, you know, you know what he did? He stopped on the side of the lake with his disciples and had a fish dinner. That's not a spirit. <laughs> He was eating fish. That's the first fruit. That's the picture of what our resurrection will be. And you know how happy I get to know that we can still eat. <laughs> the Bible talks about in heaven like feasting. I think there's so much more to it than just that, but it, that's still part of it. Fellowship and together, it's going to be real. When, the Bible, when we talk about, like in heaven, we're talking about this. The Bible says, new heaven and new earth. It's talking about this, this planet is going to be made new. Our bodies are going to be made new. Finally, we among all people, instead of the ones to be most pitied, those poor Christians, look at them sitting there in church on Sunday. 
Man, I got to sleep in today. How about those Christians that we look at each week across the globe? Every week, uh, we get the stories of these, these martyrs, people who are even today being killed because they believe in this. You guys know that's still happening today across this globe. If it's not true, those, what a poor waste of life. But if it's true, it's worth it. If it's true, it's worth it. I believe this is true. I believe, go back here. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. I've received it and received it and received it. It's come down lines and lines of preachers that have gone before me. I've received it from this scripture that is believable and true and uh, endures scrutiny from the scholars of this world and stands up under it as faultless. I believe that Christ, Jesus, died for our sins. There was a purpose in his death. That he was literally buried. That he was raised on that third day. And that people saw him, talked with him. And we know Thomas touched. This is something you can believe in and ought to believe in because it's the truth. I know that for some, when I get this serious about it, I'm a little bit like, like this guy. Right? I'm okay with that. If I come across that way, I'm telling you right now, I am convinced in the end I will be vindicated in my belief. Amen to that, right? Anybody that doubts, anybody that looks at us as Christians and we get, goes, Man, you're wasting your time. You're, that's pitiful. You're, I mean, all the, things, all the things you're missing out on or all the things you could have done. I mean, and all this, you're spending all this time reading and studying and, and preparing and, and then going to this, this church and listening to this guy. I mean, all that time, what a waste. And I, I believe we will stand one day. And for those who have been faithful, the Bible says there will be a phrase that Christ says to us. For those who have been faithful, who have held on and trusted and believed, there's a phrase that Christ will say. He will welcome us into his kingdom at that resurrection, and he will look at you and he will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. You did it. I'm banking everything. On that, all my eggs are in the one basket, the Jesus basket. And I'm not believing the way some might believe in Santa. There's something bigger that's more real. And I want to encourage you today, if you have not come to that place, if you're sitting here today and you go, I've got some doubts, it's okay. Okay? I, bring them to God. God. I've got some doubts. I mean, I, I don't mind believing it the way, you know, a kid believes in Santa. It's, it's nice. It, it's, it can be helpful. It's, it's useful in certain situations. 
But to really believe, to believe it's real and put everything in that truth? I'm not there yet. That's okay. You bring that to God. Say, God, if you're real, if you're real, this is the truth. Help me to not miss it. Help me to not miss it. Start right there. You can come to me too. I love talking about this kind of stuff. I am a realist. I love science. I love the facts. I love the details. You guys know I'm a math teacher for 19 years, right? I like that stuff. Things have to add up. I'm a natural skeptic. So if you got some skepticism, I will understand. I will not judge you for it. I will understand where you're coming from. Bring it. I love thinking about it. I love talking about it. And frankly, if this isn't true, I don't want to waste any more time doing this. I'm tired. But if it's true, and I believe it is, it's worth every minute of it. Because I want to hear that statement. Don't you? Those in this room that have, have been sticking with it, have been believing it, don't you want to hear that one day? Don't you want to hear it just... You can almost hear Jesus saying it sometimes, can't you, on those really hard days? And you, and you get up early and you're reading your Bible or you're praying and you're just trusting, you're trying to do those things that you know God wants you to do. And you're, believe, you're just banking everything on it. Don't you just almost want to hear those words just right now? Lord, can I just hear you whisper them right now? I'll, I'll wait to hear them fully later. Could you just whisper them right now? Well done. That's what I want to hear. I'm going to pray and then we've got some that are going to come and do some, one more special. Right? You guys going to do a special? So if you guys want to start working your way up there, I'm going to pray while you're working your way up there, okay? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, God, so much. Lord, thank you for the reality, the believable... Lord, for me, I'm speaking for myself. I thank you personally, God, for the believableness of your word, Lord, that as I've, as I've dug into the, the critiques and the skepticism of it, Lord, you have... <laughs> Stood up to it every single time. And I thank you, God, for that. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for everyone in this room who already believes. Lord, I thank you for opening our eyes to that truth. Lord, we didn't want to miss it, and we're thankful that you've opened us up to that. I pray as well for those in this room that are, that are on the borderline. They're believing the way a child might believe in Santa. It's nice for these occasions. I don't know if it's really, really true. It seems kind of far-fetched. Or because I believe it's true and because I know it's true, God, I ask that you would bring them over, break down those walls of doubt. Help them to see what is true. Open their eyes. Lord, thank you for coming. Thank you for being born in this world. Lord, as a little baby... Thank you for growing up. Thank you for living righteously in this difficult, difficult world. Thank you for being obedient to the Father and going to the cross. Thank you for dying for that purpose, to pay for my sins, our sins. Thank you, Father, that you did not leave him to the grave, but raised him up. Thank you that we know this to be true. I pray all of these things now in Christ's name. Amen.